1: liftoff, we have
2: Welcome, it's Eric Erickson here across America, the phone number 877-973-7425, should you wish to be on the program, love to have you, well, you knew it was going to happen, it was abundantly obvious uh, where things were headed, I've been telling folks for a year, the only surprise, I guess, is that it's happening in the New Hampshire primary has not even concluded. They're still voting. Dramatic shifts in the news coverage today. Uh, clearly, like I mean, we all know the media is in this to stop Donald Trump. They, they feed off of him. He's great for ratings. But just to to give you to, to give you a sense of it, today as the voters in New Hampshire are voting, it, it, Donald Trump's going to have a blowout. Best anyone can tell. Assuming the polling is right. If the polling is wrong, well, okay, you guys are right. But the polling in Iowa was really good. Uh, polling in New Hampshire probably is as well. <laughs> so Politico has this story. Donald Trump has a problem no matter what happens in New Hampshire on Tuesday night. There's a whole swath of the Republican electorate and a good chunk of independents who appear firmly committed to not voting for him in November if he becomes the nominee. It's an issue that became starkly apparent in polling ahead of the Iowa caucuses. When an NBC News Des Moines Register Mediacom poll of voters in that state saw fully 43% of Nikki Haley supporters said they'd back Joe Biden over Trump. And it's a dynamic that's been on vivid display as the campaign shifted this week to New Hampshire. Now let's just stop right there. Notice what it's saying is is people who are going to vote for Nikki Haley. Some of that is crossover of independents and Democrats, not necessarily Republican voters. People who are never going to vote for Donald Trump anyway. People who probably haven't voted for him in the in the past either. They interview independent voters, one of whom says he did back Trump in in twenty sixteen and twenty twenty, um, but now says he's too corrupt. He's a crook. We'll we'll see. But it, what's notable is that suddenly the stories are coming fast and furious. MSNBC which has gone through great pains to avoid covering any of Joe Biden's foibles, are now on a daily basis on Morning Joe, which is a highly influential, whether you or I watch it, it's highly influential with the chattering class, and it helps shape the news as much as the front page of the New York Times does for reporters out there. They're covering uh, Donald Trump's uh, teleprompter problems, his his alleged uh, dementia, his... His muttering, his calling, confusing Nikki Haley with, with Nancy Pelosi and Joe Biden with Barack Obama. He apparently gave some speech the other day or interview where he kept referring to Barack Obama and he meant Joe Biden. Uh, those sorts of things. They're highlighting it in a way they never have with Joe Biden. By the way, there's a concerted effort to attack CNN from the left. CNN has not covered a lot of the Joe Biden foot and mouth problems. They're also not covering Donald Trump's, and they're getting attacked from the left trying to pressure them to start amplifying Donald Trump's misstatements. I mean, every parent has had the experience of mixing up their children's name. Sometimes you call your kid the dog's name. Sometimes you call your dog the kid's name. Everybody does this. Not just eighty year olds, and yet the the media that refuses to talk about Joe Biden's problems suddenly all in on talking about Trump's and bullying CNN for not doing it. But then there's this other story. There's this other story. I I, I gotta I gotta r- r- just read you the beginning here. This is by the way, Michael Cruz and in, in writing in Politico. This Ted Johnson told me is what I hope. We were here the other day at a bar not far from his house, and we were talking about Donald Trump and the possibility he could be president again by this time next year. Ted Johnson said, Trump breaks the system. He exposes the deep state, and it's going to be a miserable four years for everybody. For everybody, I ask. Everybody. For you, I ask. He replies, I think his policies are going to be good, but it's going to be hard to watch this happen to the country. He's going to pull it apart. Now, the profile of this guy, Ted Johnson, he was a would-be Nikki Haley supporter, early donor for Nikki Haley over time. He's had fallen out with his brother. He's had issues. He's begun to do his own research. That's the media's code for reading the wrong people. Doesn't believe January 6th was anything other than than a a heroes trying to save the country, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But essentially what this guy, Ted Johnson, now, who lives up in New Hampshire, says, who's decided to vote for Trump in the primary today, is that the country needs to be shattered. And that Donald Trump will break up the country. Donald Trump will tear the country to pieces. Accountability is accountability, but they're throwing so much stuff at this guy, it's almost like I'm rooting for him, Johnson told Cruz. This is a whole system of government going after one man who probably, I bet right now, 85 million people want to be president. But accountability is accountability, Cruz says. Accountability is accountability, Johnson replies. Whether it's Hunter Biden or Donald Trump, Cruz says. But I don't trust the system. I don't, says Johnson. You're a veteran. You're somebody who doesn't trust the system. That's, in the broadest sense, you serve the system. And Johnson replies, I have no trust. I believed in my oath. And Cruz asks, when did you stop believing your oath? Johnson replies, about the time Trump became president. I highlight these stories for a very good reason. Let me read you something from Axios, just so you understand what's happening here. Why the dramatic shift? We are in the general election now. This is a pretty loud signal that no one believes Haley's going to win and up in the race tonight. This is from Axios. This is from uh, Alex Thompson and Aaron Doherty. The president's campaign has internal data indicating that most of the undecided voters Biden is targeting don't think Trump will be the Republican nominee because they haven't tuned into an election that's more than nine months away. The Biden team is openly rooting for Donald Trump to win the New Hampshire primary so that people begin to pay attention to the general election. So there is a large pool of voters. They aren't talk radio listeners. They're not regular news watchers. They vote in general elections. They don't vote in primaries. And right now, when they are reached out to, so let, let me let me step aside real quick as a tangent and just explain this to you. When you go vote, your Secretary of State and your local board of elections list your vote. And so campaigns are able to access the voter lists. So the campaigns can see do you vote in primaries or not? Do you vote in Democratic or Republican primaries? How do you identify? There is a large segment of the population, actually the larger segment than Republicans and Democrats, and they only vote in general elections. They let the parties pick their nominees, and then they go decide, and they're the people who decide the outcome of races. So what the Biden team did is they surveyed the snot out of people who only vote in the general election. They're not Republicans or Democrats. They only vote in the general election. And what they found is that overwhelmingly, they did not believe Republicans would nominate Donald Trump. And they cannot fathom Donald Trump becoming president again. That's the Biden data. Now, you should know the outside uh, polling firms that have been really accurate, and I know all of you are prone to say the polls are inaccurate, but actually the New York Times-Siena poll nailed 2022. I mean, almost got it precisely, uh, and they they got Iowa right. They're probably getting New Hampshire right, so I wouldn't be as dismissive as that. But when you survey the general, when you survey the pool of registered voters out there, like everyone who's registered to vote, Donald Trump beats Joe Biden handily. When you survey the people who only vote, who are the, like regular voters who voted in twenty twenty, Joe Biden beats Donald Trump, and they've been sending the signal up. And Joe Biden has this data. So what the media is doing with this data now? Is Donald Trump has been somewhat more reserved. He hasn't been out there aggressively. The news conferences haven't been run on all the news channels and stuff. What the media is about to do is they are going to force feed the public Donald Trump. Every misstatement he makes is going to be amplified. Every crazy thing he says is going to be amplified. And now you can't teach an old dog new tricks. He's not a disciplined candidate per se. He likes to talk off the cuff. He likes to go off the teleprompter. He likes to get a rise out of people. That's probably not going to change in the media now. Their playbook is going to be to amplify and elevate all this stuff. They're essentially today finally admitting what I've been telling you for a year. The Biden team is desperate for Donald Trump to be the Republican nominee which, after New Hampshire today, is probably going to be the case. Now, there's a problem for the Democrats. This is a very obvious problem that people like David Axelrod, who worked for Barack Obama, has been warning them about. James Carville, who worked for Bill Clinton, has been warning them about. In 2016, the Democrats wanted Donald Trump to be the Republican nominee, and look what happened. Their hope now is that their polling and the data is accurate. Their hope now is that these 15 to 20 percent of Republicans who say they will never, ever, never, ever vote for Donald Trump will go vote for Joe Biden as opposed to staying home. And, And same with the independent votes. They're going to play to those people. But here's the thing. Donald Trump can play to those people, too. Donald Trump can play to those people. It's harder for Trump because they're predisposed against him. But that doesn't mean he can't persuade. And when the Democrats' message becomes abortion and saving democracy, that's not necessarily a message that resonates with those people. Jim Garrity at National Review has a piece up today. This year, you're going to hear a lot of people insisting democracy is at stake in the upcoming presidential election. Very often, the person saying this will be a Democrat or at a minimum rooting for Joe Biden to win re-election. Trump supporters are more likely to say America's at stake or the future of our country's at stake. Genuinely convinced former years of Biden and Harris will turn the country into a dystopian less left-wing dictatorship out of Mad Max. Inherent in the argument is that if democracy is at stake, you're not allowed to have your usual beliefs, expectations, and standard of candidates. You've got to cut a lot of slack to the candidate allegedly not a threat to democracy. In other words, to preserve the Constitution, you've got to support the people who are doing things outside the bounds of the Constitution, trying to justify it in this way. If you really believe in the constitutional order, a lot of the stuff that Joe Biden is doing, you should be outraged about, regardless of your views on Trump. The eviction moratorium, the vaccine mandate, the cancellation of student debt. Ann Carlson is the acting administrator of the National Highway Transportation Safety Administration. Something esoteric to people, but the Senate won't confirm her, so Biden has put her in place. If you're really concerned about the constitutional order, the Biden administration has been doing a lot of unconstitutional things and ignoring courts. So I don't think that's as persuasive a message as the Democrats say it is. But the bottom line here is that for the last year and a half, the media has settled on a belief that the reason Trump is beating Joe Biden, it's not the economy, it's not Joe Biden, it's not people hating Kamala Harris, is that he's been out of the limelight and Joe Biden's been so fully in it. And so the media now wants to make sure that Donald Trump maximizes his exposure in the media. They think it's good for their ratings to, to highlight Donald Trump. People tune in to see what Donald Trump has said. He's entertaining. You can't deny Donald Trump is probably the most entertaining person on the national stage right now. And to the media, he's the gift that keeps on giving in terms of ratings and revenue. So they will now go wall-to-wall coverage with Trump and try in the process to connect with those undecided voters who only vote in general elections who say they can't conceive of Trump being president and convince them they got to go vote for Joe Biden. It was inevitable this was going to happen. I've told you all along this is what they would do. Trump can withstand it. He can. There is a path to victory, and he's ahead in most of the registered voter polling. The problem is there's got to be some level of campaign messaging from the right to connect with these people as well, not just the fear-mongering of the left. If they can do that, they may be able to mitigate it. But you won't be surprised to know that all the polls are now trickling out of the swing states, Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania. They're all suddenly showing Biden the lead. Of course this is going to happen. The Democrats feel like they've sprung a trap and Republicans fell for it. And the way for the Republicans to get out of it is to replay 2016. You've gotten in the trap and then turned it on the Democrats. When the world
0: seems crazy, he'll keep you sane. It's the Eric Erickson Show. Live stream, email, and social media links by texting ERIC to 33777
2: now. It is Eric Erickson here. Welcome to the program. The phone number, 877-973-7425, should you wish to be on the show. Have you heard about these robocalls in New Hampshire? They're kind of hilarious. So let me put this in, in perspective for you. The Democrats are having the New Hampshire primary, and it is verboten to participate. Why? Joe Biden wanted South Carolina to go first for the Democrats to reward them for helping him secure the nomination in 2020. The New Hampshire legislature has a first-in-the-nation primary law. That first-in-the-nation primary law means New Hampshire's primary will go first, and they refuse to change it. So the Democrats are excluding New Hampshire primary voters Uh, From their delegate count, a real, real threat to democracy, don't you think? Ignoring the will of the people, trying to force them to have an election when Joe Biden wants to force them. Well, in any event, an artificially generated voice of Joe Biden has been calling people, trying to tell them not to vote in the primary. Now, Dean Phillips is on the ballot. Dean Phillips chose to qualify. The message begins with, what a bunch of malarkey in Joe Biden's voice. It's important that you save your vote for the November election. Voting this Tuesday only enables the Republicans in their quest to elect Donald Trump again. Your vote makes a difference in November, not this Tuesday, it says. The message concludes with a full number belonging to Kathy Sullivan, former New Hampshire Democratic Party chair who now runs a super PAC supporting uh the campaign to urge new hampshire democrats to write in joe biden's name of the primary now his name's not on the ballot he refused to even qualify uh sullivan says she herself received calls sunday about the message and uh that that people are very angry with her they don't know who did anything about it it's, it's a hilarious dirty trick and it is by the way it's a dirty trick somebody did this to try to get democrats not to turn out and in fact One of the fears is that uh, it's trying to prevent Democrats from crossing over to help Nikki Haley. Um, And and Biden, of course, very much wants Trump on the ballot, not Haley. New Hampshire could have thrown that for a wrinkle, but not now. Now, you can throw things for a wrinkle by going to Swiss America and protecting your hard-earned assets now. They want to help you figure out how to keep your hard-earned assets in light of all the financial turmoil that's going on and a lot of the questions about the economy and this effort to control how you spend money by incentivizing you not using cash. In fact, they've got a report out called The Secret War on Cash, and you can get a free copy of it by calling or texting 800-289-2646. You see it all the time. You go into a business, they don't want, to, want you to pay cash anymore. They want you to use a credit card. The Secret War on Cash is spreading, companies and the government working together. Get the report, 800-289-2646. All you do, you mention my name, Eric Erickson. When you call or text 800 800- or you can go to SwissAmerica.com slash Eric. That's SwissAmerica.com slash E-R-I-C-K, or call or text my name, Eric Erickson, to 800-289-2646. Get this free report, The Secret War on Cash, from Swiss America. Let them teach you how to save your hard-earned assets. Message and data rates may apply.
0: got the courage to tell you the truth even when it isn't popular you're listening to the eric erickson show
2: well you are probably aware that the supreme court has decided texas cannot secure its border with mexico john roberts and amy coney barrett sided with the three progressives on the supreme court yesterday to Uh, Order Texas to take down its uh, razor wire along the Texas-Mexico border, or more specifically, to allow federal agents to come into the area, and they themselves want to remove it. A lot of rage at Amy Coney Barrett and John Roberts for this, particularly Amy Coney Barrett. I, I can't get mad at a woman who voted to get rid of Roe v. Wade. I may disagree with her, but she has a plausible basis. Now, Uh, If you read the media reports, they say that four justices dissented. Uh, Kavanaugh, uh, Thomas, Alito, and Gorsuch. And they did, in the uh, general order, say they would have voted otherwise, but there was no dissent. There wasn't even really an opinion. It was just a a very specific order. And I, I at least want to try to explain this to you, whether you or I agree with it. I can kind of guess... Why Roberts and Barrett went with the progressives to begin with, and again, there's no there is no written long form uh, court decision here. It's just an order. A lot of the media got this wrong in their reporting of it. Let me explain to you why I suspect why I suspect they went with um, the 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 progressives. The case is ongoing. And so what the decision does is it allows federal agents to come into the territory until the case has actually been decided. So it's a temporary thing. Maybe they'll make it permanent. But when you read Article I of the Constitution, uh, it sets out a few parameters. One of the parameters is that it is the Congress of the United States that sets immigration law, not the states. It's the federal government through the Congress. Two... It is Congress and the executive branch of the federal government that are to protect states from invasion, not the states themselves. The states can take some limited action. But then, three, is the mass wave of illegal immigrants coming into this country technically an invasion? Words matter, and words with legal definitions matter. In the same way the left says what happened on January 6th, is an insurrection. It wasn't really. And it is entirely plausible for the Supreme Court, based on current definitions of words, for the majority to say this mass wave of illegal immigrants is not an invasion as referenced in the Constitution of the United States. An invasion tends to be an armed takeover, an attempted armed takeover of the country. These are people coming here for work, we suppose. Therefore, the None of the conditions apply for Texas to defend itself in the way Texas is doing it. Now, you and I can think that's wrong, but you should at least understand it. And I am, I am extrapolating based on uh, my background in constitutional law. I was a lawyer. My highest grade in law school was constitutional law, and it's something that I dabbled in as, as a lawyer. I at least understand the parameters here. And so the parameters are that the federal government, not the states, handle immigration policy. The federal government, not the states, protect the states from invasion. And while states have limited authority to protect themselves, it does have to do with hostile invasion. We can presume from the history and language of the Constitution of the word invasion, not from illegal aliens coming across the border, which is an immigration issue that is the purview of the federal government, not the states. You can say it's wrong. You can do all that. Don't yell at me. I'm trying to explain it to you. So Amy Coney Barrett and John Roberts sided with the progressives at least for now while the case is pending. The problem here is that this exacerbates the issue for the Democrats at a time uh, illegal immigration is now a greater issue according to the public than inflation. The mess at the border is now on the forefront of people's minds more than inflation. And Joe Biden gets popularity numbers in the teens when it comes to immigration. This complicates things for Joe Biden in a very interesting way. Uh, The only time Joe Biden has cared about the border is caring about getting rid of the razor wire so illegals can flood the country. And the Supreme Court says, well, he's got the right to be able to do this, so let him have it. So, I mean, they're, they're pouring this in to Joe Biden's lap, who is unwilling and incapable of dealing with the issue. And then you got that idiot Kamala Harris out there who just keeps making matters worse. She's interviewed on CNN. Listen to this uh, bit of conversation about immigration.
3: Well, so there is no question that our immigration system is broken. And so much so that we, as the first bill that we offered after our inauguration, was to fix the immigration system which included what we must do to create a pathway for citizenship Mm -hmm. and to put the resources that are needed into the border but sadly people on the other side of the aisle have been playing politics with this issue the solutions are at hand and you know gone are the days sadly where a president bush or john mccain understood that we should have a bipartisan approach to fixing this problem, which is a long-standing problem. But what are those solutions? The solutions includes putting resources at the border to do what we can to process people effectively and putting in place laws that actually allow for a meaningful, meaningful pathway to citizenship.
2: So amnesty for who? The people who've been here for a long time or the people coming across now? It's a complicating factor here. Now, they say the people who've been here for a long time, the so-called dreamers, they call them, focus group that word, dreamers, the kids whose parents brought them over here when they were young, now they're adults and they're still illegals. But can we really trust the Democrats not to try to give it to everybody? It's part of the problem here. We should deal with this in an incremental solution. We should deal with this in an incremental way. But what's notable is the Democrats don't want to deal with it incrementally, secure the border to stop the flow, and then deal with the people who are here illegally, presently, recently, who should be deported, and then deal with the people who maybe you do now that the border's secure, want to give them amnesty because they've been here all their lives, really the only country they know. You could deal with it incrementally. The Democrats refuse to deal with it incrementally. It's an all-or-nothing approach for the Democrats, but to a degree, it's an all-or-nothing approach for the GOP as well. We should all, at a minimum, even John Fetterman agrees, secure the border, build a wall, keep the people from coming. Deal with everything else afterwards, but secure the border first. Even John Fetterman agrees. Apparently, you put a suit on that man and and he becomes conservative. Not really. Like Joe Manchin, he's going to disappoint us, but he's right on this issue. There are too much politics when it comes to this issue, and the obvious right thing to do is secure the border and then deal with everything else. But you can't deal with everything else until you secure the border because if you have this massive flow of people coming across the border and you got people like Kamala Harris saying amnesty, well, that just complicates the mess, and suddenly you got a bunch of document forgers out there forging the documents to prove these people have been here for quite a long while. And don't forget the gotaways. We have a massive number of people who have gotten away from the feds. We don't know who they are. We know they're in the country. Maybe they're terrorists. Maybe they're people who just want jobs, but we don't know who they are. Because we don't know, we haven't documented them, so they're the ones who can say, well, I've been here the whole time. Real problems on this issue. And Kamala Harris going on television talking about amnesty isn't helping. By the way, have you noticed they're elevating her profile? They want Kamala. She's been out there aggressively on abortion. She's now out there on illegal immigration. They continue to elevate her profile in the campaign. They've decided in some way, shape, or form she's an asset. My theory, my theory, they're elevating Kamala Harris now to get her ready to take over. That's my theory. I think they've run the numbers. I I think they realize Biden's getting old, but I think they also know that they can't ditch Kamala Harris. So they got to set her up now to be the responder to Trump. they got to set her up and, and boost her profile. If Joe decides to step away, and I don't know that Joe will step away, but if he does step away, how are you not going to give it to Kamala Harris? Well, the way you avoid the fight is to build her profile now and give her some level of competence, surround her with people who can have her back. But the problem at the end of the day, is most Democrats have figured out, is Kamala Harris is the problem. But they're going to make or take the lead on immigration, an issue on which the Democrats are losing handily because the American public, including a majority of Democrats now, want to secure the border. This is insanity, and the Democratic leadership is governed by their progressive donors and not the actual Democratic voters who want the border secured as much as the Republicans. Now, on this, let me go to Hunter here over in Pickens, South Carolina. Hunter, welcome to the show. How are you?
1: Uh, Good. Thanks for having me on
2: sure what's going on
1: I want to shed light on first I want to say that America will not be destroyed by enemies uh, outside it will be destroyed by enemies within and I want to highlight uh, the systematic organization that's taking uh, that that the invasion is taking place under Alejandro Mayorkas is a board member on a nonprofit. Uh, refugee resettlement group called the Hebrew Immigrant Aid Society. This Hebrew HIAS has received $105 million in the fiscal year 23 uh, from the Department of State, the Department of Health and Human Services, and the Agency for International Development. And they have a processing center in the Darien Gap that is taking the influx of, of these invaders, these migrants, and they're processing them there and uh, sending them on on their way to the border. And they're building road, allegedly they're building roads, building bridges, and they have perhaps had the Chinese build them, uh, Chinese contractors build their processing center down there. And so. Uh, Alejandro Mayorkas uh, is a board member on this Hebrew Immigrant Aid Society Refugee Resettlement uh, Organization, and they are operating in 17 states in, in America, that being Arizona, California, Colorado, Connecticut, Delaware, Florida, Illinois, Maine, Massachusetts, Michigan, New York, North Carolina, Ohio, Oklahoma, Pennsylvania, Washington, in Wisconsin, and and the reason that I'm highlighting this is a lot of people think that this uh, this influx of third world people is is happening organically, and they're just coming here uh, because the, the gates are open, and and they just want to come here for a better life. This is being uh, facilitated by people within our government, such as Alejandro Mayorkas.
2: Yeah, it, it's one of the reasons, frankly, he needs to um, he, he needs to. Be impeached. Now, just for clarification, when he became the Secretary of Homeland Security, he stepped down from the board. But for those of you listening to Hunter and you're like, what? Okay, so let me explain this one to you um, slightly differently. So the the Hebrew Immigrant Aid Society was formed to rescue persecuted Jews from Europe, and they would spread them around the world. A lot of them came into the United States before World War II, and during World War II, they helped rescue a lot of people to Israel after the war, they helped settle people in uh, what is now Israeli territory when it was the British-Palestinian protectorate. Well, the, the organization's still around. And now they've expanded beyond just helping the resettlement of Jews and relocation of Jews around the world into being immigration advocates. And they are in Central and South America helping resettle not just Jews anymore, but, but people who are classified as persecuted. So they do have facilities at the border. And Mayorkas was on the board of uh, the Hebrew Immigrant Aid Society. This is not not some sort of anti-Semitic conspiracy. The group does exist. Uh, they actually do really good work, just so you know. I don't want to vilify this group because around the world they've done very good work. But they have this belief, if you will, that um, a lot of the people coming into this country seeking refuge uh, are deserving of it. And they've set up shop and, and they do try to help people. But there are also a lot of churches that are doing the same thing. Uh, down there. Mayorkas happened to be on the board of this group before he was Department of Homeland Security Secretary. He stepped down from there. But there is a large group of nonprofits out there, not just this one, but a lot of others, uh, that have in some way allowed the the government to convince them to participate in this resettlement program of immigrants coming across the country. And um, this is just one of them. Uh, and I'm sure there are conspiracy theories because it's of, of the name of it that somehow it's it's the Jews are involved. That's not it at all. Um, Mayorkas happened to be on the board though, and Mayorkas himself, given his handling of the border, does need to be impeached. I think. I in fact I think the Republicans are better off spending their resources on trying to impeach him than impeaching Biden right now. All right, I got to move on, but first, y'all, you know, I, I mentioned one of the great advertisers on this program is stamps.com and I use them and have used them for 20 years seriously I have used stamps.com for 20 years when I left my law firm I didn't have access to all the fancy equipment that the law firm did for mail and stuff and I needed something and stamps.com made it so easy to be able to send stuff to to print postage so I wasn't having to go stand in line at the post office. You can skip the lines. You can grow your business. Stamps.com makes it so easy to partner with for small businesses. If you ship a lot, if you're one of those creators when you're generating product and, and sending stuff off, stamps.com, my goodness. They do such a good job. You can get up to 89% off post office and UPS rates. All you need is your your phone or a computer and a printer. You can print labels. You can even get supplies from them. And right now they've got this great offer. You can get uh, right now free postage, free digital scale, limited time offer. You never have a contract to sign. You can cancel at any time. You do not have a long-term commit with stamps.com. But if you send a lot of packages and you want to skip lines and you want to save money, You want to use the post office or UPS, stamps.com makes it easy. I've used them for 20 of their 25 years. Hard to believe they've been around that long, Um, and I've used them as long as that, but they're great. Stamps.com. If you go to stamps.com, click on the microphone, put in my name, Eric, you get this great offer, limited time offer, free postage, free digital scale, no long-term commitment, no contract. Stamps.com, click the mic, put in my name, Eric, E-R-I-C-K. Want to be on the show? Hello. I I love your show. Call Eric now
0: at 877-973-7425. Join Eric's army of activists. Text army to 33777 now.
2: Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here across the nation. First Liberty Building and Loan wants to help your business grow. If you're buying a building, building, a building, buying a franchise, deals like that, you see long-term potential. The Frost family, they've been doing this since the 90s. They might be able to help you grow. You know how some lenders, you show up, you build a relationship, and three weeks later, there's a new lender there. you got to rebuild the relationship. The Frost family has been around since the 90s. Anywhere in the nation, your business, they can help you. FirstLibertyGA.com. FirstLibertyGA.com. Now, the phone number here. You will adore this conversation. (laughs) The Democratic Socialists of America. It looks like they may be going bankrupt. Uh, They've got a financial situation so dire. Leaders are demanding job cuts and layoff of staffers. The DSA has been pouring money into the pro-Hamas protests around the country. And, well, now they've got a seven-figure deficit, and they've got to cut $500,000 from staff-related expenses. They're going to ask for volunteers from the director level and bargaining union unions. Of course, being true blue progressives, they've unionized everything, so they're paying all sorts of expenditures. they got to have a 58% cut of total expenditures. They've had a 72% drop in projected income since they decided to side with Hamas against Israel, all poor babies bankrupting the democratic socialists. Of course, they will want to take from the capitalists to rebuild themselves. <laughs> Couldn't happen to better people. So that you know how there's a there's a um, – what is Schadenfreude is the um, taking pleasure in the misfortunes of others. There's got to be a more specific German word because the Germans have, like, words for everything, but taking pleasure in the misery of awful people there's got to be a specific word for enjoying watching bad things happen to bad people. Uh, there's there's got to be a specific word for it. Um, there's got to be, and bad things are happening to the bad people of the Democratic Socialists of America. I guess they're not going to have a lot of money. They they could. What's the, the the billionaire guy who's built the compound up in up in Massachusetts or wherever? Maybe they can get that guy to bail them out. The old gym owner from Atlanta. Maybe he can bail out the DSA. He's got his hundreds of millions of family money cashed out. Uh, When we come back, we must move on. Are you an introvert? Are you an introvert? Did you know that you've inherited the earth? New research out from Bloomberg showing how massively the economy is shifting because we introverts have decided we're in charge now. And, yes, we're in charge. Spring, is that you?